Hey, welcome back to the Second Place Church Second Podcast, where we are crazy passionate about inspiring and empowering you to pursue putting Jesus, home, and others first in your life. We know that your life can change, you belong, and most of all, your story matters. If you are new with us, we release a new second podcast every week, and if this is helpful to you, we would love it if you would share the podcast with all of your friends and family, invite them to be a part of the Second Place community. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you found this to give it a rating or a review that is very helpful for us in order to create more visibility. If you'd like more information, you can go on over to www.secondplacechurch.com. That's all spelled out. No numbers in there. That site will open you up to everything happening at Second Place. My name is AP, and I am joined by Joe and Dave today, our two fearless leaders of Second Place. Oh my gosh! Yes, we got we got someone's dog is barking. That was our, that was my dog. Nice. I've never heard your she, dog bark. She thinks that she's a German Shepherd when anybody shows up at the house. Sounds about but, right. Yeah, she's amazing. So. Awesome. Well, it's good to have Dave on. Um, I wanted to just, I, man, I got to highlight this because it's super cool. Um, we've been talking about it here and there in the services, but second place this month, uh, it's February 2019. This month, we turned nine years old. We officially launched on Valentine's Day of 2010. And so we are rocking and rolling nine years strong. And nice. we're pretty excited about that. We've got a, uh, a worship night planned for February 17th at 6. And we're going to be uh, debuting a new song that we wrote, um, which is super great. And, yeah, we're pumped about it. It's going to be awesome. Dave Short was on the launch team. So, really, Dave, we've been around this thing for more like 10 years because we, we were launching for a year ahead of that. that yeah. Day. So it's exciting. It is. It's a, it's a wild ride, man. People said it couldn't be done. Turn right. In a garage. It's kind of crazy to think about the, I say this in a very good way, because I, I, I see the opposite in most other places. It's amazing of how low of a pastoral turnover second place has had, because I have seen a lot of other churches where they do have high, high turnover in some ways. Mm. We, we have yeah. very low turnover when it comes to leadership. Because, I mean, like the Carbles were with, us from inception to what about a year and a half ago or something that's mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty yeah. impressive for uh for leadership in a church i think yeah yeah no it's really cool we're uh we're pretty excited about that and we're i think dave knows more about some of the stuff we're planning um to announce over the next few weeks and um we got a couple of announcements we want to we want to drop on the congregation on the anniversary itself that weekend of the 16th and 17th but um I think that 2019 is like a year of acceleration and not that we're going to like do things faster, but we're just, I think things are ramping up and I'm pretty excited about some of those things that we've, we've been kind of praying about and planning ahead on. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So the year, year nine going into year 10 now, I guess, I think is, uh, one of the more exciting moments of our, of our history right now. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's so. amazing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, 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 I mean, so much has transpired in nine years. I mean, it's been quite a ride. Yeah, it really has. You know, I mean, if you think about how old your kids were, Dave, 
when we started, it kind of starts to blow your mind, you know? <laughs> I know, like, right? Um, I mean, Micah would have been, what, 12 or 13 years old when uh, when we started, which mm. is kind of crazy to think about. So Now he's like an adult and crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, so kind of kind of digging on that um what so if you're listening definitely and this is not you're not uh like listening in march or something definitely plan to come out join us um and uh and let's really i think the the greatest thing that we turned around last year was we said let's just do a worship night for our anniversary because we want to give all the credit to god of all the good things that have happened and will happen so we're we're pretty excited about that and we'll we're going to do that again. So we plan, make plans now to be out there on the 17th. <clears throat> but what are you guys into? What are you guys into? Like, that's the thing I want to know. I mean, it's a question. I'm throwing it out there and I'm asking you, what are you into? I'm into finally getting my car tuned because of the fact that, uh, I, I found a bunch of, uh, things that the previous owner did that I, uh, am, am not impressed with. So, uh, oh boy. like I'm redoing, my exhaust, I'm uh, actually replacing a couple of pipes on it so that it's going to work a little bit better and regasketing the whole entire thing. And then on top of that, I'm going to be, well, I just fixed the, uh, what's it called? The uh, boost control solenoid and getting a cob access port installed and then having a tune done on top of working incredible hours at work because we have a huge project that needs to go out tomorrow. I just worked 12 hour a day. Just in case anyone was wondering. Anyways, Dave, what are you into? I'm really into cleaning recently. Oh, just, that's a, such a, a, such a, lot, a satisfying thing a to be into. Cl- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know, trying to keep things, uh, yeah, above the fray, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, so... You know, clean out the corners, clean out. Yeah, just do all the cleaning that I need to do. In fact, I'm just, I'm, I'm about had as much cleaning as I want to do, but I'm really into it. Nice. And my Alexa. Uh, I'm into my Alexa. Oh, I'm shocked that you don't have the, uh, was it the Apple Home thing? Since I know that you're, uh, yeah. your son works for I, Apple. I know, I know Josh wanted me to get it, but you know, hey. Praise God for Amazon points. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So anyhow, it was a deeper deal. Yeah. Hey Dave, why don't you combine the two things that you're into? Why don't you why don't you combine cleaning with Alexa and just tell Alexa to clean the house? I was I was thinking about that. <laughs> but she really talks back to me when I do that. Oh nice. Yeah. She just really is incredibly mean to me she's a smart mouth wow yeah she really is i know right well that's that's pretty amazing i'm sure val is very appreciative of you being into cleaning yeah yeah she's she's grateful yeah (laughs) too bad one thing that everybody needs to know about josh is that josh was into cleaning as well and the way that he did things is he would just throw everything away yeah i could have used him you you could never find a thing. So Dave, it's a good thing he moved because otherwise, <laughs> we'd be. I'd have been all right with it. Valerie wouldn't. But. <laughs> it's so hilarious. He he would clean the church sometimes, and I'd be like, Josh, bro, where where is like 
my computer. Where's my computer? It looks nice, but where is everything? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's spotless, but my laptop is in the dumpster. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he was insane. Still insane. Is. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Hey, so what I'm into is some pretty cool stuff. Um, I was thinking that this might be a good idea for like a, a bonus episode AP about Historia. If you don't know, Historia is our, our coffee brand that um, we offer on the weekends and at special events, um, both at the warehouse and outside the warehouse. And um, last fall, well, over the summer, they took a little bit of a break. And then last fall, they kind of reintroduced and relaunched um, in September. And Jekka James, who's kind of leads Historia, has basically done something that's pretty unprecedented in terms of um, at least my knowledge of church life. But um, Historia right now is almost completely run by high school students, junior high and high school students. And um, I thought it'd be kind of fun just as a teaser. I've got one of them right here with me. And it happens to be my kid, Noah. Hello. But um, him and Dalen Baldridge were just downtown today, and I wanted him to kind of talk about what he did today because it's kind of fun. So talk a little, you know, talk up and let him know what you did. Yeah. So basically went Do downtown it. to this, it's called Counterculture Training Center. And we basically learned how to brew new types of coffees, and then we got to, like, learn how the coffee reacts to different temperatures of water, to like the different grain size, and how it affect, affects the flavor to make it like better or worse for the customer. And that was like all day from like 10 to 4. And we just like got bombed with a bunch of information about coffee. Hmm. So, and you drank coffee all day. Yeah. So I'm like shaking right now from the caffeine. I'm packed. <laughs> <laughs> So you, so you guys were telling me when you guys got back, like, tell, talk about how you were tasting coffee and then, like, what it was like at the end of the day versus the beginning of the day. Yeah, so there's this range. I forget the, like, exact numbers, but there's, like, a range where, like, the normal person that doesn't, like, have a, I forget, it's, like, the palate of, like, knowing the flavors of the coffee. It's, like, there's a range that they would like it brewed. And then there's, like, a darker roast that people with a like advanced palate like and at the beginning of the day we started out with the normal one and by the end of it it tasted like super weak and watery and so it was just like crazy to see how our palate had changed just in those like few hours mm. so it's pretty crazy so are you enjoying doing what you're doing for historia dude because i mean you're 16 and you literally went downtown and got trained by like this I think they're an international brand. I mean, they definitely yeah. are because they, they, they get like, all the beans from yeah, the other countries. Like nine stores open across the U.S. and then they get all their beans, like basically all over the world. And then they like have, like basically friendships with the growers, the farmers. How cool is that? Yeah. So you're you're excited about what you're doing? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, for jumping in. We'll let you go, man. We're thinking we're going to get Jekka on. She might pull some of you guys in for a little Historia special soon. So Improving we'll that supply does. chain management. <laughs> yeah, right? That's cool. Good job, guys.
I know that we discussed having a Historia special in the past, so that's a great idea, and we should totally do that. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. So, um, yeah, we'll see if we can get more in on that. Yeah, I totally believe the whole thing with um, being able, you know, being able to uh, have a palette that that can have a uh, it can distinguish between all the different, you know, flavors and everything and 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 whatnot. Because uh, when you read. Yeah, somewhere in the Gospels it talks about Jesus turned water into wine, and the uh, the king drank the wine and didn't know where it was from. And what's important about that is the fact that um, when a, a true wine connoisseur can drink it, can drink a wine and say, oh, well, you know, it's from this part of the world, fermented this time of the year, and it's this old, and it was this type of soil, and it was this moist and stuff, like... It's kind of fascinating, and that's actually what it's talking about. You know, being just having that type of palate, and also understanding um, you can enjoy something without uh, indulging too much. We'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It sounds like, like your they poor indulged son who's a not lot. Not going to sleep until March, apparently. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, like uh, fidgeting around. Like, yeah, yeah. I was I was downtown today, and um, we did all this stuff, and. Like we learned a lot, and it's like, bro, like yeah. settle down, man. Time to detox. All right. Yes, yes. Awesome. Well, Dave, Dave was the speaker this week, and um, man, let's dive into a little discuss about that. You know, folks that listen to this podcast will often have been at the at second place for the message, or have listened to it online, either live or or via um, iTunes or Google Play or what have you. So. Um, but we like to just do a little kind of high level summary just to kind of get people caught up if they don't remember what Sunday was about or what have you. So, um, Dave, you want to just give us like the, the cliff notes version of, of where you went with this guy? Yeah, no, I, uh, I'd like to also just give a quick plug for the quip series. Oh yeah. And, for sure, you know, the getting past our past and we're doing it at Culver's and it's been, it's been really up. Uh, really awesome it's a four-week series we're into our we'll be into our third week coming up this sunday and the first week was just how to deal with labels and all of us have been probably labeled by somebody or even by our own negative uh you know reflection on our life i guess maybe so we've talked about how to get past that god's really uh he's given us a new name he's given us a purpose and a future that we really need to hone in on then we talked about forgiveness this past week and why should we forgive? And, and those that, you know, maybe they've been hurt and they just don't want to forgive. Um, mm. It's important to learn how, how to forgive as well. Mm. And so we talked about that this coming week, we're going to talk about how to apologize, how to take responsibility for our actions. Oftentimes we see ourselves as a victim and mm. we don't always recognize the fact that maybe we contributed, maybe we did something that we need to apologize for. Mm-hmm. And that kind of dovetails into, uh, and we're doing it at Culver's, so it's awesome. It's a pretty cool place, and they, they uh, yeah, it's, it's really awesome. Did, so, you, did you finally order some cheese curds this week? I did, man. I ordered five cheese oh, curds. I got, it, I, got it, I got it started, you know. I put yeah. it out there, and then everybody was like, Oh, can we can we buy hamburgers too? And they go, yeah, you can buy hamburgers. So somebody bought a 
<laughs> Hamburger and French fries. Nice. It's nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and then a lot of people they didn't even know that Culver's made coffee. And, oh wow. Yeah. yeah Culver's so, makes coffee. They do <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. It's butter burger flavored though. Uh, butter burger infused. Uh story butter from story. Yeah, exactly. Talk to the story about that one. So I did the uh, the session at uh, Culver's and then ran over to to do the message at church. And so the so the focus, the background was Genesis twenty two one through eighteen, where Abraham is going to sacrifice his son Isaac. And I mean, it's a pretty pretty offensive, shocking story if you just look at it face value. And I think probably there's a lot of individuals that. You know, they're a little anti-Christianity or anti-God because they can they can point to something like this and illustrate it illustrates how God in the Bible is so harsh and evil and and capricious, really. And so it just kind of adds fuel to the fire because they reason, hey, this there was no reason for this, you know, and then God kind of plays them along and then he stalls them in the last second. Finally, you know, oh, just a joke. Right, and then you know all the stress and anxiety that well, maybe maybe Abraham went through. They think, um, but I think you gotta you, you look at this story and you you kind of, I mean, I wonder. I think why why was he not? I mean, it makes sense. Why wasn't he offended? Why wasn't he angry? Why why didn't he fight against what God had commanded him to do? Mm. And uh, so anyhow. Hebrews 11 in the New Testament kind of gives a little bit of a quick summary. So I, I focused on that text and I kind of honed in on to the verse 19 where it says Abraham reasoned. And, you know, the world reasons that this is this is crazy. This is absurd. Uh, but but Abraham reasoned from uh, a starting point different than just the human a human understanding of God and how he deals with us. And, you know, his, his, his reasoning was completely different. He came from the perspective that, that God is, is good and that God is fair. God is just, God fulfills his promises and that God has an ultimate plan. Even though I may go through a difficulty or a situation or a testing that just seems over the top, that ultimately God will fulfill his promise in me. And that he has a future uh, for me, and mm. and uh, you know, against all hope, Abraham believed uh, in hope that God gave him Isaac. God had promised he was going to do something through that seed, and so he was completely convinced uh, that that God was going to, uh, yeah, God was going to take him through this, and he wasn't going to lose his son, and even. Mm. Even then, even if he had to take his life, he believed that God would raise him from the dead. Huh. And he he just really understood and obeyed God. And I think that, you know, we have to kind of um, come from that kind of perspective. You know, mm. that God is good and that God has a plan. And I think we, we all wrestle with being being a victim to circumstances or we are victorious or we're victors through the circumstances that we go through. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I talked about Abraham, but then I kind of reflected on Jacob and Joseph and how, you know, Jacob felt like everything was against him when uh, his sons had come back with the, 
the grain. He didn't know anything about Joseph. He saw that the silver had been retained in their sacks. All of these guys, he said, what are you doing to me? Even the boys were saying, what is this that God has done to us? It was, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't understand why God is doing this to me and why is everything against me? And, and their perspective was, was that a victim. And then you look at Joseph and later on when he come, all the sons come back to him and he reveals who he is to them, he says to them, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Just a, a totally different perspective. He reasoned because of what God had done and got, how God had raised him up and, and God had always made him successful and prospered him, even in the midst of difficulty. He reasoned that God had an ultimate plan, an ultimate purpose. And he said, God, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. So you got this whole thing of Joseph, you're saying God meant it for good. Jacob says everything is against me. And wow. Joseph knew God. Abraham knew God. Um, yeah, just trying to help people. I guess, you know, my, my, my focus, my desire was that we've, we've just got to believe that God is good. Mm. Um, that God is not against us and that God is for us. And uh, I reflected. Be, a little, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Well, I was going to say, would that be kind of the big idea you were going for? Would you say that God is good and we need to believe that? Yeah, I think that yeah. that's, yeah, that God is for us and that God has a plan and that oftentimes we gotta, we'll face fiery trials and, um, and uh, it's just a part of life. Yeah. Uh, but we got to believe that God can turn it all around. And, you know, I talked about how Moses had led the Israelites into the desert and all of a sudden their, their, their backside has got the Egyptians coming at them. They got the Red Sea on the other side. And all of a sudden they, they fell prey to victim. Oh my gosh, what did you do? Bring us out here in the desert to die? After they, they'd seen all the miracles, they, they still reasoned that this was all going to collapse on them. Where Moses reasoned, no, the burning bush, these miracles, God has been faithful. I believe and trust in a good God. And his, his, he saw himself as a victor over the circumstances, and the Israelites saw themselves as victims. And I, I think we just have to adjust. We have to, we, we'll grow into that. I mean, sometimes we'll fall into that victim mentality, right? I mean, we're all sure. human. Right. We've got we to gotta twist it around and say, and reason with ourselves and say, you know, no, God is good. And he has a plan, ultimate plan that he's going to fulfill and a destiny. And I talked about Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. And this was when the Israelites had come out of exile they were just about ready to come out of exile. I mean, that seems like a, a horrible situation, right? And, and it was. Um, and obviously, they, they had to have sensed at one time or another that they were a victim to and a prisoner to all of this, right? How could God ever redeem this? And Jeremiah declares, no, no, the plans God has for you are plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And you, you and God, you, there's a victorious plan awaiting you. Mm. And uh, God's plans are for your good. And when God brings the story all together, when he finally culminates the story together, it will be good. Mm. Uh, so anyhow. Yeah, I was thinking about, like, 
what what kind of stands out to me about the message and what you were talking through is how crazy it is that Abraham reasons that because you know I don't know how much scripture he would have had I don't know how much he would have I mean he wouldn't have barely any I mean he's in chapter you know what chapter 12 so it's like you've got very very uh, little to go on you know and um, God speaks to Abraham, calls him out. But I mean, I guess he would have known God for several years because it took so long for Isaac to show up. You know, I mean, Abraham was mm-hmm. like like a hundred years old. So, you know, it feels it feels like there's there wasn't a ton to go on. You know, for Abraham, it was it was the years of being promised and promised and promised. Then you get then you have the the son, and then you're told to sacrifice him. It's like I don't know, man. There must have been some sort of a uh, a real conversion there. I mean, obviously there was, but I think that that really stands out because we have so much more than he did. Like, we have all the stories. He didn't have the story of Jacob and Joseph. He didn't have the story of Moses and what he was going to do. He didn't have any of that. He, mm-hmm. had, he had just his relationship with God to really go off and say, well, this God is a God that I can trust. He's taking me this far. I'm not going to back down now. That kind of stands out to me in a big way as like, whoa, you know, where am I at with that, that level of trust that God is good. And the, the beyond fact that, measure with sheep and cattle and, yeah, and, yeah, you know, he, he's told him to go into a land, you know, just, just go, go to Canaan. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. More when and you get so there. He, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know when you get there. And he obeyed and, and God fulfilled that in a huge way. So he had kind of some big milestones all the way along. Yeah, uh, some difficult moments, certainly, and yep. some mistakes, you know, with yep. Ishmael and Hagar. Yeah. But, but nonetheless, he he had enough. He had a he had enough of a perspective that he reasoned right. that God was faithful to His promises. Which I think is interesting to me because it's like we all think we need more. Well, does God really want me to do that? You know, like we all are looking for all those confirmations and Abraham's like, no, man, this is, I don't need a thousand different things. I've got enough based on what I've got so far. So that was pretty cool. AP, what stood out to you, man? I, I think what stood out to me uh, was just speaking about the, the whole victimhood thing. Mm. Um, Cause we do live in this culture right now to where everybody's trying to say, no, I'm the biggest victim. No, I'm the biggest. There, there's literally a, uh, there are certain media outlets that will say that there's, there's literally a victimhood hierarchy. And like, I, I don't know. I was just, I think I was just really inspired to hear like, look, everyone's a victim. What are you going to do about it? Because, mm. There is so much responsibility on us in our lives for us to do something about our lives. I mean, I can, one of the things I, I, I talk to my counselor about a lot is um, I, I had a horrible relationship with my dad growing up. I still do. You know, I, I love him, but terrible relationship. Well, I can, I can say, oh, well, my life sucks because of the way he treated me when I was growing up. Let's be realistic. That's now, um, let's see here, maybe 17 years ago. You know, this is my this is my life. He's really not involved in my life. And so the thing that I'm 
really working through with my counselor is, well, what am I going to do about it then? Am I going to sit here and pout about it for the rest of my life, or am I going to actually live my life? Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking, it's talking about, like, the, the part of, of hope, the interesting thing about the hope that we have from God, which I'm not going to lie, is something that I've been struggling with, um, but the thing that, the, the weird thing about hope, the hope that we, that we get from God, he gives it so freely, but we got to go looking for it. You know, we, we can't, we can't just be like, okay, God, where's that hope at? We, we got to actually pursue after God in order to receive it. It's, you know, it's not like we're going to go like find it in a chest shoved in a corner or something, but. God will freely give it to us, but we still have to pursue after him in order to have that hope and experience that hope in our lives. Um, And I think that that kind of ties into the victimhood mentality. You're not going to be, you can, we're all a victim of circumstance in some way, shape, or form. And we're not going to not have that mentality until we seek after, um, until we seek after, what do I have to do in my life? Because this is my life. You know, what do I have to do to have that relationship with God in order to have that hope bestowed upon me? It's, it. I think a, a, a large facet of it is just um, taking a responsibility for one's own life. Uh, you know, Dave, I know, like you said, take responsibility for your actions. Same, you know, same thing with your life. Take responsibility for your life. If you want it, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go get it. Some people get lucky, and, you know, good for them. I'm glad some people get lucky like that. But um, for the most part, no, you, you, you got to go, you got to get after it. You got to mm-hmm. pursue things. And, uh, you know, it's, I think that it's, I think that's, that's kind of the big thing that I'm getting out of it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like uh, Abraham had to get up and go. I mean, he had yeah. to get up and go. He had to bring Isaac up to the mountain. He had to trust God through all those different things and, you know, if he if he just would have sat there and been like, nah, I don't know, I feel like I need a little more proof. Yeah, exactly. No. And um, the thing that one of the things that pops in my head that you said, Joe, about um, he didn't take much of any convincing, mm. and it remind I can't remember where the, where the scriptures found. It reminded me of the other scripture where it said that. Uh, a wicked generation is the one that's going to keep asking for signs. Mm. And I, I I bring that up to say, like, I really think that that speaks to his character, Abraham's character, that God was like, hey, go do this. And he's like, okay, you got it, boss. You know, I, I think that, that that speaks, that that was a good, that's a, that's a good man, you mm. know? Mm-hmm. He 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 put his trust in God, and uh, well, I mean, the same thing goes for us. If we're gonna keep asking for signs from God, it it goes back to that scripture of uh, being a wicked generation. Or we can just say, okay, God, as it says in uh, what is that Isaiah? Here I am. Send me. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go do this thing. I, yeah, I also think that Abraham didn't let his circumstances define. You know, you have the final say. I would, I would say, maybe put it that way. Like, yeah, his, his circumstances don't necessarily have the final say. God has the final say, and the final say mm-hmm. is that He will work all the everything together for good, mm-hmm. just like He did with Joseph and Jacob. And 
the brothers. Um, so no, it's good I stuff. Lo- I love I love the quote by Bill Johnson. Yeah, uh, that I shared on the screen was faith doesn't deny a problem's existence; it denies it a place of influence. Mm-hmm. Amen. And that. we 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 all we all have problems. We all have challenges. Abraham had to face an incredible challenge. Joseph, uh, Jacob was facing some incredible challenges, but his response, the challenges, the problems, influenced him in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Like everything's against me. Oh my gosh, we're where, where Joseph had a problem, there was all kinds of problems, but he saw it as a catapult, uh, that God was using it all and, and, and wasn't allowing that, all of that to influence him in a negative way. And that's, yeah. that's critical. Yeah. Especially when you look no, at Joseph when he was in, in the prison and everything, it's amazing of, of what a good attitude will do. Yeah, which I'm I'm so guilty of having a bad attitude so many times. I'm not in denial of that, but it's just amazing of what a good attitude attitude will do, no matter what circumstance you're in. It reminds me of the Mind Week that we did back in early January, where we were talking about mindsets and you know focusing on what is good, what is noble, what is excellent, you know all of those things, and how our mindset can can really drive us into places that we really don't want to hang out in, you know, where we're, we're in these mindsets of despair and lack of hope and, you know, depression and sadness. And, you know, those things, there's things about those, those things that are very real. Um, and not that people or none of us will be challenged by that at times, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's when it becomes a lifestyle of just living as a Christian or as a believer and still, just living that underwhelming life, you know? Um, and it, I, I don't know, like Jeremiah was called a weeping prophet. So he wasn't a super happy guy, but you know, he still held on to God's final say versus, um, uh, versus what he saw all around him, which was pretty, pretty disastrous. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so Dave, like just a curious question, it may not be anything, but what did you wish you would have said but you didn't have time to say, or maybe something you, you didn't remember or you skipped over on your notes or maybe some connection that you made post the message that you're like, Oh, that would have been a good connection. I, this happens to me all the time. Whenever I speak, it's like, Oh, I could have said that. This you know? is exactly why Joe loves the podcast so much. He gets to share so much other stuff and it's always so good. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything it, there, Dave? I think it mostly it's on Saturday night. It's on it's after yeah. Saturday night yeah. that I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know. Why didn't I do that? So, right. Why didn't I say that? Ju- Why just didn't a I little, do that? I- just a little secret about the worship team at church when we did have two services on Sundays. The first service was what we called second practice. Just, <laughs> just for the record. So I hear that was you. The warm up. Yeah. That was the warm up. The, the warm up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't. I. I. When I think about it, I. There's there's nothing really that comes to mind outside of just even, um, maybe just reiterating one thing that I that I closed on, and that was the story about Jacob and Rachel and Leah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that he worked seven years for a prize for for what he had hoped for. It was a it was his future, and then seven years comes along. There's the wedding consummation, 
he thinks he's sleeping with Rachel. He wakes up in the morning and he rolls over and there's Leah. Oh my gosh. You, are you so awkward. Me? Oh my gosh. So awkward. Right. I mean, and I think that we are all, and he, I, I, I'm sure he felt like a victim. He was victimized by, by his father-in-law. Right. <laughs> and he reacted that way. He responded that way. And it wasn't until he finally embraced Leah and, and, and loved her. And, and what I didn't say about that whole situation with, with Leah was he embraced her and, and obviously several of his children came through Leah and Judah being one, which was where we, where Jesus came through that tribe. And, uh, but what, what's amazing though, is at the end of Jacob's life, he asked to be buried with Leah, not Rachel. Hmm. And so there was some, he, he understood that there was something unique, something special. And I, I think that when we, we see the difficulties, we see the seeming disadvantages, um, the betrayal that we think may have been caught, you know, we might have had to, you know, wrestle through that if we'll just, we'll just embrace those things that will and allow them to bear fruit in our life and not treat them as um, unjust and unfair and just finally just, hey, let it fashion me, let it shape me, then something powerful will be birthed through that. Mm. And I think you'll recognize as you look back on your past that that Leah moment you went through, that circumstance that was, you know, horrible when you when it was happening, probably was one of the best things that did ever happen to you. Mm. And uh, yeah, so yeah, he got buried with, he, he asked to be buried with Leah. I just think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that 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 moment in the service, I think people are like, where's because I think a few people chuckled and you were kind of feeling that. And then you kind of pulled it right around and then you you went a little bit of where you just went now, which was like, yeah, but Jesus came out of out of the line of of Leah and Jacob, yeah. not Rachel. They chuckled when I said I, she was cross eyed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear you say that. oh my gosh but i think i think that people are like oh my gosh politically correct out the window like what day short what are you doing what are you doing and then and then it was like if people if people kept listening what the bible says i'm just just quoting the bible oh my gosh take it up with the bible that's right scripture is not necessarily always politically correct (laughs) But I think I think if people kept their ears open and kept listening, it was kind of like you weren't really talking about, you know, if your name is Leah out there, man, I pity you because we just have to endure you until we can finally get to our Rachel. I think you're talking more specifically about the situation and the betrayal of Laban being more so the point and how we've all been betrayed at some point and we feel like, oh, this is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. And then yeah. at the end of the day, we look back and we're like, actually, that could have been one of the better things that happened to me. I, think- I had so many people come up to me afterwards and go, dude, I've had so many Leah moments this week. <laughs> <laughs> they go, oh, my gosh. I, and one said, man, you hit me right between the eyes when you talked about Leah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Then, uh, <laughs> right, right. And then I had uh, 
this is why people need to listen to second podcast is to understand moments like that. But also, um, there was a, a couple of Rachels in the audience. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and they got an extra hug, you know, just like, oh, oh look. I don't, I don't, I, there's no Leah for me. I just got my Rachel. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> so anyway, it was funny. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think that was the idea is that the betrayal piece of it is so, is so important to really think about and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, what would you say? I mean, one of the things that I was, uh, just as someone who is like on, you know, on like, I've got the timer going off. Like I'm going to be preaching again this weekend and then we, next weekend and the next weekend, then next weekend. Um, so as I was able to sit, you know, I think for me, as I was sitting there, it was interesting and I'll just be kind of give you Dave, my impression of like sitting and not preaching, but like sitting and listening, I had my journal out and I was listening to you and I was like, kind of like trying to like erase myself, not myself, my thinking around, um, dissecting your message or anything like that that wasn't really what i wanted to do but i was trying to like, okay if i'm just sitting here and just listening and i found myself really listening to you and thinking about what does he want me to write down like where what point does he want me to write down like what is the phrase or what is the where is like the high point what does he want me to remember and and that that came on i mean you brought that to light like that was really cool and I wrote down some of those things, um, you know, victim or victor, um, you know, do I know God? Abraham knew God. Do I know God? Those are some pretty, like, piercing questions. Um, and then the whole prayer of Jabez at the end <clears throat> was something that I wrote down. But I found myself like, okay, I have a pen and a journal in front of me. And I was like, okay, what does you want me to remember? And I think for future messages, even as I put together the message for this weekend, I'm kind of thinking about, okay, what is it that I want them to write down? What, the, what is it that I want them to remember? And uh, I mean, maybe it's, it's the same thing as the big idea, fair if it is, um, but if you were to say, like, what were you hoping that they would remember or, you know, what do you, what were you hoping that they would do or think or, or, or believe differently after your message than, um, than when they walked in? Yeah. The, you know, the last, the last frame, the last slide, the statement that I put on that was God's plans are for your good. Mm. God's plans yeah. are for your good. And I think that's, that's really what I want, wanted people, the, the ultimate overall message Mm-hmm. Uh, is for you to look up, recognize that God's plans are for your good, and you're not a victim to your circumstances, that, that, that God is in control of your circumstances, and that God will work things out for your good and for the good of others all around you. Hmm. Yeah. I think that that's like a, almost like something that we need to write down and put uh, on our mirror in the bathroom that we get up and look at every day to remember that idea. Um, it just seems like life can be really hard for so many of us out, out mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the daily, the daily lives we live, you know, daily struggles. I mean, it just can be crazy. So I think that's really good. Good yeah. reminder. Good, good focus point. Awesome. Well, our next series is, I'm pumped about it. It's called We Are Second. And 
we got four weeks coming up. Um, we are second to him. We are second to his call. We are second to his questions. And we are second to his priorities. And pretty pumped about that. It's a very kind of apropos message series because of our anniversary uh, month and kind of like celebrating what God is doing at second place. And why are we called second place? One of the biggest questions we get all the time. Um, but it was funny. We, uh, Micah was traveling yesterday. He's our music lead. Um, he was traveling yesterday for school and he connected up with, uh, with one of the, uh, ministry leaders in the Chicagoland area and found out that Micah was from second place. And he said, I, I need to talk to somebody there. I've heard about you guys. And I was like, Oh boy, here we go. Um, but it sounded like it was positive, but, um, I think, you know, I think we're we're becoming more known for some things, and I think that this month and this new series, we are second, is really about helping us really understand why we are second and why Jesus is really first. Um, so, Sounds pretty excited like about that. Your mission to take over the world is shaping up, Joe. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute, you're from second place. I'm gonna speak to someone there. Yes, but yeah, no, it's good stuff. Um, well, cool. Well, what should we go out on? Take it up with the Bible on three. What do you think? Dude, <laughs> you need to, I think you need to do an entire series on taking it up with the Bible. Cause, uh, yeah, there you go. I think that a lot of people might struggle with that nowadays. <laughs> Take it up with the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Take it up Love with it. God. That's right. Yeah. Amen to that. That's good. All right. Well, let's do that. Um, yeah, so if you're good. brewing, if you're brewing coffee right now downtown, you know, definitely take a break, take one hand, put it in the middle. And, uh, if you're cleaning your house, Dave short, take a second. <laughs> if you're, uh, put if your you're sitting at your desk at work for literally 12 hours straight working on the same project today, take, just step away from that for one second, put your hand in the middle. That's right. And if you're Alexa, Alexa. Put your hand in the middle. Take your yes, Alexa. Get, get no, no back under talking. Authority, Alexa. That's right. <laughs> Listen. All right. So take it up the Bible on three. You guys ready for this? Yep. All right. Here we go. Ready? One, One two, two, three. Take it up with the Bible.